AM Live Traffic Watch. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. And uh, thank you so much uh, for tuning in to AM Live. And great to see you guys already tweeting uh, about uh, the topic that we're discussing this morning. It's a Friday and generally we try to take it easy and just ease into the weekend. But of course, uh, the subject this morning, um, seemingly light on the surface of it, but it's actually a very important topic. And we're focusing this morning on the state of the music industry in South Africa. And I think uh, most of you will still remember uh, uh, just recently, uh, the Metro FM Awards and where record labels were accused of buying the awards to secure wins for their artists, which is by no means a new accusation. Uh, people have been making these for the longest time. And more recently, the South African Music Awards uh, disqualified two of uh, the uh, rappers, uh, Nasty C's uh, music video uh, from the uh, this year's awards, stating that uh, their investigations revealed that the videos were submitted for entry on the 24th of January 2017 and they further also determined that these videos were not flighted before the closing date of uh, entry which was the 31st of January 2017 as required by Sama rule. So as you can imagine, again, consternation and controversy surrounding that particular decision. And of course, leading up to the Samas, uh, the South African Music Awards happening uh, next weekend, um, on the forum at 8 this morning, we decided to to discuss um, what is going on in the South African music industry. What is the state of our music industry as we go uh, to the South African Music Awards? And I know that you have quite a bit to say about this, so you're more than welcome. 891 is the call-in number. You can uh, SMS us on 40938. That will be charged at 150 per SMS. And you can also tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM. Uh, someone, uh, Jack, was saying uh, the Facebook page... Um, not functional therefore to this morning's forum. Jack, we've noted that. Thank you so much for pointing it out. So we'll fix that. But in the meantime, you can tweet us at AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo and uh, please use the hashtag AM Live. So joining us for the discussion this morning, Mr. Sipo Sitole, who is a founder and president of Native Rhythms and he's in studio here with me. Thanks for coming through. It's Dr. Sipo Sitole. Apologies. <laughs> Dr. Sipo Sitole, good morning. Uh, thank you, Sakina. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. And thanks to the ASFM Finally, you are here. Well. Finally. Yes, it's, on a different subject. It's eh? been a long <laughs> slog, but finally you're here mm. and we're happy. And of course, also joining us, Jonathan Shaw, a music business expert and author. Thanks so much for your time as well. All right, we uh, seem to have lost uh, Jonathan there, and we'll try and get him back. But um, we might as well start by, you, you know, getting your sentiments, uh, Dr. Sitole, on the music industry at the moment. And where do we start by assessing what is going on at the moment? Well, just the generality of it, I think there's great things happening in the music industry. Um, if you would know that PwC publishes uh, an annual report <clears throat> on the state of the music of, of entertainment in, in the continent, particularly South Africa, Kenya, and Nigeria. Uh, there are certain sad parts on, 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 on the state of the music, but there are also exciting parts on the state of the music, particularly when you look at the public performance, the live performance. It's growing at a tremendous rate. Um, whereas when you look at the physical sales, it's really declining. And it, that, that is the sad, really, the, the sad part of, 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 of the music. Uh, back, back about uh, a few years back, about 2010 or so, we were talking about a, almost a billion rands out of music sales, just out of music sales, physical sales. We are now estimating that by 2019, 2020, we'll be just below 400 million rands just out of sales, of physical sales, which means what, what, does, it, what does the CD become then in the, in the scheme of things? <clears throat> that means the CD is nothing else but a, a CV that people now record so that they can be able to be known that they're a musician or a singer and they've got a product out there for them to be booked. Because the inverse of that is that the live circuit <clears throat> is rising at a high speed where back about five, ten years ago, it was less than uh, 200 million rands, and it is the one now that is going to be approaching 
the figures of about a billion rands in, in the next two to three years, just out of the life circuit. <clears throat> because people are appreciating more and more live concerts and more, also maybe because artists are producing more and more better quality music and also because the promoters are not taking it lightly. They will not book you if you are not good. So there is the rise of live uh, 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 music festivals uh, in South Africa and as a result, people are out there performing. There's new artists that are emerging. So it is actually an exciting <clears throat> moment for South Africa from the, the, the performance and the live performance. And artists are traveling around the world. They are traveling to, to great uh, festivals, to, to music markets. Um, however, also you'll see that the digital sales, digital sales were also just about under 100 million rands about five, six years ago. And they, they are now going to half a billion in the next few years. So people are buying more music, uh, uh, downloading and buying more music digitally than they are buying physical. That's why you are, you are seeing the decline in the physical sales, which is also not bad, but also not good for some, some, some consumers because people still want to see the, the, the album and see who played the bass, who sang the chorus, uh, who played the guitar here. Now, when you have people buying songs online <clears throat> they are now only set buying a, a one song mm-hmm. they're not buying the full album because they're only attracted to a single and sometimes the single is just a commercial track it's not ne- necessarily a great song musically if you listen to the whole album you know so that is where where, where we are and of course we still have issues around piracy we have issues around um uh, the awards, people complain about the awards. But let me just say something quickly about piracy. <clears throat> I always make a joke about piracy. And I always say, if I was a, a recording music, I, I mean a recording artist, and you and I, Sakina, myself, <clears throat> and Jonathan Shaw are walking down town Joburg, small street, and I see Jonathan Shaw's album is being pirated and Sakina's album is being pirated and mine is not there, I'll be seriously offended. Because it means I'm so useless. <laughs> it means I'm so useless. Not People don't even want to sell my album for five rand. <laughs> so, but it is the scale oh, of piracy. That's another way of looking at it. But, but when you say that um, live performances are growing, are there specific genres or is it across the board? Well, I, I, I think it's across the board. You just drive around Joburg. You will see... Um, uh, club uh, with big lineups of, of, of DJs who are performing, whether they are performing live or they are performing to a track, but it's still live on stage. You can see them. So there is a, an increase on, 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 on dance and, and, and house and there's on hip-hop. So clubs are forever jam-packed with a lineup of artists. But then there's also festivals that we know uh, that are popularly known in this country as jazz festivals, even though most of them are not necessarily jazz festivals. So you will see there's a lot of, of those. A few years back, you could count. There were only 52 um, festivals a year in South Africa, which was actually very tough. Because what then tends to happen is that the promoters, they recycle one and the same artist. I can tell you now, you tell me there's going to be a, a festival in, in the Free State, I can tell you exactly who's going to be performing there because they are recycling uh, more uh, the, less the same artist but there's also new festivals that are coming up, mm. you know that you are seeing there are those that are established um, whether it's Damons and Dorings in Kimberley whether it's um, uh, the Drakensberg uh, Heroes in, in Moretele whether it's Joy of Jazz uh, which is 20 years this year and Peter Clad is Team Music Man in Cape Town and there's also the new festival now Zakifo uh, which I'm also a part of, which comes from Reunion Island, Sakifo, uh, which is totally different from what we have seen in South Africa because it's eclectic, but it's also crossover. You can see almost <clears throat> genres that we have never seen, but more importantly, artists that you did not know exist in the world because South Africa is so used to only listening to what they, they are familiar with. But when you go out to the world and you look at music festivals, you're going to be exposed to sounds and artists that you didn't know they exist. Now, when you come here as a promoter, you go to a city and say, can you give us sponsorship? We are coming up with a, f- a festival. 
they force you to say, no, but you don't have Beyonce in your lineup. Like, no, music is bigger than just that. But in a nutshell, yes, it's, it's growing, it's out there. But it means then there's a challenge for artists to go to studio and produce music that is good enough to be on that stage. Because mm. most of the promoters are very, very... The guys that I work with at Zakifo, we are three partners. One is from Reunion Island. He's been doing Zakifo for 15 years. Sometimes you go out there and you hear them talking about artists coming from your own continent, Africa. I have never heard of them. And I get so embarrassed because we don't hear this, those artists. Last year, we had an artist called Blitz the Ambassador. He's from Ghana living in New York. It's something you've never seen on stage. But ask anyone, any compiler, do you know please the ambassador in South Africa? They don't. But of course, we'll come to that particular situation with compilers and how you actually go about getting uh, some airplay yes. and the controversy that surrounds that. Uh, but uh, Jonathan Shaw, uh, I believe we do have you back on the line now. Good Thanks morning. for speaking to us this morning. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Sakina. So um, what's your take on the lay of the land as it stands currently, especially from the business side of things? And also um, uh, you have considerable experience, you know, in working as a consultant with these musicians. What are they telling you? What are some of the greatest challenges um, that they are facing at this moment? Well, Sakina, I mean, my work generally lies in a lot of grassroots development. So I do a lot of uh, workshops and training and general business knowledge in and around the music business. And I work with a lot of the basics in terms of uh, um, getting artists to learn about their rights and so on. And uh, I think Mr. Satole summed it up very nicely. I mean, it's the, 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 the recording industry is, is sort of in dire straits at the moment. Um, I was talking to somebody yesterday about uh, retailers and, and how we're seeing a decline in, in all the big major retailers of music and how everything is sort of moving digitally online. And these days, it's, it's very, very easy for any new artist to be able to supply their music to online stores. So that sort of uh, hindrance that used to be, be a, a typical thing for artists, that they couldn't get their music into retail stores, I don't think that's m- much of an imposition anymore. And what we're facing is more a consumer shift to data and and being able to have access to online stores and so on. Um, so those sort of barriers to entry are, are dropping. So we're finding there's a lot more artists that are able to um, get onto a world stage, get onto the same platforms as any other artist. And we're finding there's just, just an overload at this point in time where there's just too many artists for one to process. And I think uh, Mr. Satole is right when speaking about different artists. We're living in a, in a global age where there is just massive amounts of artists that and and everyone that you speak to has their own pocket that they might be sitting in whether it's the gospel music or kwaito or hip-hop or dance or afrikaans everybody looks at it from their own perspective and it's sometimes very difficult to to get a grip on on who the new artists are and i think uh, as rightly said you know live music is where it's at mm. um you know, if you look at those statistics, the live music industry as it stands is, is probably twice the size of the recording industry in terms of revenue at this point in time. It's 1.5 billion rands in yes. 20, 2019. And, and, and physically, it's 302 million. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely crazy, the statistics that are going on. So I think that's where we're standing at this point in time. So I think artists are diversifying themselves a lot. They're finding different ways to make revenue thinking more out the box in terms of merchandise and, uh, 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 you know, using their brand to leverage different revenue areas. So, yeah, that's where we are at the moment. Mm. Uh, let me pick up on what uh, some of our listeners are saying. Uh, Blessings Pusiso says, uh, uh, Jobe talks about promoters and artists' rotation on clubs and concerts, uh, but it's the same artists year in and year out, and you touched on yeah, that. Yeah. And um, uh, Anati asks, so... If an artist is not, if an artist is not uh, doing well, who do you blame? Um, is it the artist or is it the promoter? <clears throat> if in terms of being, in terms of performing, well, it's you either are good or you bad. <laughs> that, that, that's the thing, you know. Simple as that. <clears throat> yeah, you are either good or bad. And music is just dry. You can't be. You can't want to be good and then expect us because you want to be good. We must now accept that you, that's what you want. You are either good now or you're bad. You know, there are artists that <clears throat> are so good, 
that I only know the names. I've never seen them, whether it's Msaki or Amanda Black. But their names are out there because the music just spoke for itself. You know, you, t- you send a song on radio, they listen to it, they don't even know the face. If, if the song is good, it's immediately on the playlist. If it's bad, it's not on the playlist. Well, is it? Mm. Is it? Given all the talk we've heard around uh, Paola and so mm. on, and how difficult it is for artists to actually just get someone to play, just listen, yeah. never mind play on the airwaves, just to listen mm. to what they bring along. Before I, I just I come to let me just finish then what I was saying. Where I blame the promoters is not being out there in the field at small music venues and looking at up-and-coming artists and listening to them rather than doing a desktop kind of uh, uh, research. You just book the artists that you, that you already know. Whereas there's so much artists that are, uh, main artists that are out there that are so good, but people just are so lazy to come go out and look for those artists. Yes, <clears throat> the issue about uh, airplay and whether you get your music listened to or not, that is the biggest challenge. Because remember that, and I'm just talking objectively, mm-hmm. one radio station receives so many uh, albums or singles as they, uh, for, for, for submission. And it takes them a, a long time to actually sit as a committee and listen to the music. And I'm theorizing, of course, because I, I, I don't, I've never worked, but I understand a bit of how I think these things would work. So for... For, for, for the music committee at Metro FM to finally sit down and just listen to the submissions. By the time they sit, they have got piles and piles of boxes of music that was just dropped and dropped and dropped. So which then means people who are mo- most likely going to jump the queue are the ones who have done a lot of work from uh, customer service uh, 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 and, and making sure that they interact with radio, they are known, that... My album is coming out or my artist's album or single is coming out. And when you guys sit, please make sure that you listen to it. So natural human beings would remember that. Oh, by the way, Usi uh, Postole said the album got tribute is coming out and uh, we are sitting now. Let's just make sure what it is in the, in the box. And if you are not known, it's just what's go- what, that is what was going, was going to happen. But unfortunately, because you are not known, a lot of songs have not been heard on air. That probably are even better than most of the artists. Mm. But the other reality is mm. the ones who have um, a few notes to slip into a brown envelope mm. are also more likely to get the airplay, Jonathan Shaw. Well, yeah. but the payola side is, is, you know, everyone says, no, it's, it's something that's getting under control. And the fact of the matter is that it is very underhanded. You can't estimate the size of it. You know, only a couple of months ago, they actually caught somebody and, and that person was fired at the particular radio station. Um, so I think it's, it's a lot more prevalent that we would, than we would like to make, make out. And, you know, coming to the, to the radio side, the things, you know, I think what's happened is, is that um, the media of radio has shifted. You know, up until maybe five, ten years ago, radio was still the be-all and end-all of what, what artists needed. And from what I've seen, you know, a lot of artists have started off uh, on different platforms. Uh, these days, to, to enable somebody to listen to your music is, doesn't just require radio anymore. Yes, radio has the largest penetration. It's got the largest, largest reach still. So it's still a valuable platform. But the, the, the whole dynamics of that platform have changed. In other words, they've gone from being leaders to followers. Yep. So they'll follow the trends and yep. rather pick up on that. And I think this is what we're seeing with artists these days. Um, and, and in terms of the payola thing, you know, it's, it's a very, a very um, controversial thing. In one sense, I would say, let's do it. Let's actually have it that one could pay, pay and get their songs on radio. To be honest, that's the way it's almost moving informally outside of radio um, South Africa has never had a strong culture of what we call radio plugging. Mm, Whereas yes. in the States, you would you would pay yes. somebody to deliver your song. And one of the options put on the table was, why don't we do what Australia did? Why don't we have an organization who collects, collates all of these different songs and matches them to radio stations? And you might pay a, a small fee for somebody to do that. Um, instead of this idea of if you 
pay the person, you get it onto the station. You know, it's and I, I've heard it too often too much to ignore it. It's something that uh, mm. needs to be cracked down on. And, um, you know, I, I hate to say it, but music, the recording industry, because I think we have to separate the music from the, re- the recording industry. The recording industry is, it, you know, it, to get ahead, you often have to do things which are underhanded. I'm not advocating that you should do that. I'm just saying it's a, it's a mean business to be in. So what does that mean then in the broader scheme of things? Uh, as you acknowledge that, mm. unfortunately, given the nature of things, uh, you do sometimes you know, have to mm. bend the rules uh, to get uh, to the desired outcome. And then you have a situation now um, with the Metro FM mm. Awards, uh, the MMAs, and mm. the mess that uh, mm-hmm. basically it descended <laughs> into. It yeah. was a disaster. <laughs> no, definitely. So, so, so how do you then um, deal with situations like those where in the bottom, um, in the end analysis, people are saying the awards have now been rigged. Mm-hmm. The awards, the whole award ceremony has now been bought. I think what what uh, it comes back to what Mr. Sitole was saying. You know, it's, it's about uh, Jonathan. It's Doctor Sitole. Doctor Sitole, Jonathan. <laughs> you still owe me tea, by the way. You still owe me tea. No, I have to say. I mean, I worked eight years to get my PhD, so it's not an honorary achievement, and it's not also online. Doctor Sitole is quite correct in what he's saying. Um, that that. You know, I think I think the the short term politics of the music industry is outweighed by the talent. Somebody who really genuinely has something will have that longevity, which many of these artists look for. Whereas I think a lot of young artists see the music industry as an escape, so they 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 want to get into it for the fame and the quick money that might be made. And I mean, coming to the the awards, um, you know, it, and and them honouring it. I mean, the Metro FM awards are based on SMSs. First and foremost, the SMSs do make money for the for the organisers, as far as I understand it. And of course, then one can buy SMS bundles and then vote as much as you like. And suddenly, there's controversy about who won and and so on. And uh, you know, as soon as it becomes a popularity contest you will find people will take shortcuts to get ahead. And, you know, but at, at the end of the day, um, from a purely promotional angle, you know, I think every artist has benefited, whether they've won, lost, or, or, or been disqualified. There's a lot of publicity around these events. Um, so, you know, I think, yes, the organizers can do a lot more to to improve how they handle things and perhaps, perhaps the negative publicity that's coming out of it. But I think... Uh, Artists definitely take advantage of that if you can just be associated with them in some way or another. We'll come back to this and uh, we'll take your calls as well. 891 But let's get the latest news headlines from Nomzam Luli. Thanks, Sakina. Some analysts say General Motors' announcement that it will stop operating in South Africa is a clear indication that the car manufacturer has lost confidence in the country's economic outlook. General Motors yesterday confirmed its intention to phase out operations in South Africa by the end of the year. It says Isuzu will buy its light commercial vehicle manufacturing operations, while the manufacturing of Opel brands and Chevrolet will be phased out before the end of the year. The International Monetary Fund has cited perceptions of policy uncertainty as one of the factors hampering South Africa's economic growth. The fund has raised South Africa's growth forecast for this year. It expects the country's economy to grow by 1%, more than an earlier projection of 0.8%. And mourners have started to arrive at the Deep Glufer Community Hall in Soweto for the funeral service of Garabo Mugwena. I'll have more details at 9. Traffic on SAFM, your trusted guide to the road ahead. 21 highway still closed between the airport and Pretoria in Gauteng. It's shut at Nelmapius Drive in Irene and closed at the Olifants Fontaine exit in uh, in the uh, Clayville area. The thing you uh, just must uh, be aware of this morning is to stay off it. Uh, don't go anywhere near the R21. There's uh, an amazing backlog of traffic in Pretoria coming down the N1 from Rigel and then the R21 to the closure at Nelmapius. Similar sort of story if you're leaving the airport of Kempton Park. Big queues from uh, just after the Benoni exit all the way through Tembisa up to the closure. 
Georgia. Heavy pressure on the St. George's Hotel Road. Heavy pressure between Clayville and Irene as you go up Glen Avenue. The Irene four-way stop is gridlocked. Clayville is gridlocked as well. There's even a bit of extra traffic now on that R50, uh, R25 routing through Bupsfontein. That still remains uh, one of the quick ways to get from Pretoria to the airport, uh, bypassing the R21 queues and bypassing the localised congestion. So R50, Bupsfontein, and then the R25. Uh, but give yourself plenty of extra time, uh, particularly if you've got to get to the airport. I just spoke to Sanral. They're not about to open that road uh, anytime soon. It's fallen power lines. That's why it's a close this morning. Uh, the N14, still very heavy out of uh, Pretoria. The R55 exit from that point uh, down through Deepslot in towards the Lanseria Airport. That is because of a roadworks. And no traffic lights at Linksfield Club and Seven. So heavy traffic out of Edenvale this morning. Uh, Durban's uh, collision on the N2 South just by Athlone Park. If you're heading down towards Toti, there's a delay. Uh, the big story in Durban is the closure of the M4 at Amshloti uh, through to Sabaya because of a lost load. So heavy traffic on that M4 coming in from La Mercy. Uh, big queues diverting down the N2 and just gridlocking that from Amshloti down to the uh, roadworks at Gateway. Cape Town area this morning, the N1 inbound. Very heavy coming in uh, from Monte Vista all the way through to the uh, Kuberg interchange. And there's a crash halfway in on Nelson Mandela Boulevard as you come into the CBD from uh, stra- from the uh, from the hospital bend. So uh, big queues from Lunga from about Bunga Avenue on the N2 all the way through hospital bend and down Nelson Mandela split off on Duval Drive to avoid that from the bend. Rob Byrne, AM Live, Traffic Watch. Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM. And thanks so much for tuning in to the show this morning. We're talking about the music industry, the Sama South African Music Awards taking place next week. But of course, today, in anticipation of that, we are asking, what is the state of the South African music industry? What's going on? And um, uh, we are in discussion with um, Dr. Sipo Sitole this morning, founder and president of Native Rhythms, and also Jonathan Shaw, who's a music business expert. He's a lecturer. He is a business consultant. Uh, uh, on the legal aspects he's of things. Books. He's written books. He's an author, as I said earlier. He, he is that guy. So uh, these are our guests this morning. But let me read some of the comments because mm. the calls also uh, will take in a minute on 0891-104-208. This one from uh, Connor David says, Sakina, can your guests please provide figures that exclude DJs? A lot of these people are not producing any original music. They are simply derivative so um, I'll put that there Uh, Sam says um, if you play African music most South Africans will simply say uh, they don't know that kwere kwere music um, and don't play it Uh, so South Africans have a warped mindset Nkosing Pilem Kunu says I really I really am falling in love with South African music. I think South African artists have raised the standards and they understand the market better now. Um, Sam Ace says, you have a legend there with you. Um, Dad, you've done so much for the culture of music in our country. Uh, thank you That's for that. Uh, blessings for Caesar says, uh, I read Blessings. Uh, Litigator says, uh, Deep House and Soulful Music are the most painfully neglected genres. I don't even want to mention the awards. Uh, Buzwebake says CDs are becoming obsolete, so artists and labels have no choice but to go online. And uh, Dukes Mokwena says uh, they ought to ensure a selection criteria and that it is accurately adhered to. Bribery from record labels should be curbed. Um, Nomvuyo says... Uh, Sakina, please, uh, regarding the 90% local music content, SABC has lost me as a once loyal listener. We simply have to have a balance of international and local music. And now SABC is a foistering weak and indifferent South African content on us. And I am gone. That's from Nomvuyo. Um, uh, King Kotini says, uh, those artists that support this 90% quota are misleading themselves. If your music is good, we'll buy it. There's no need to force it on us. Anati says, um, uh, is the artist, uh, or we asked that question, Mm. Um, this one from uh, Play Music uh, says, the music industry is dominated by those who can afford uh, to sneak in you know, the brown envelopes to the promoters and bosses. And uh, Baba says, please explore the role that music plays in objectifying women, especially those videos which parade and display women half naked. So quite a bit to chew on there. Um, uh, Dr. Sitole? 
let me just first put it on record that in my small, well, few years that I've been in the industry, since 2003, I have never been asked a bribe by anybody. <clears throat> I have never offered anyone for our music to be played. As a matter of fact, our music gets rejected all the time. And we just go back to the studio and we try again. And then we submit and we submit. We've done videos that have never been played uh, on, 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 on television because they just didn't, they didn't think they were good enough. And I just accept it because <clears throat> I respect music. I would never pay for anything. When, when someone who, who knows their station format thinks that is not good. If they say it's not good, I just say, okay, I'll go back. You know? And I do know that there is, there is a, a, a payola. And, 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 and as Jonathan Shaw is saying, we either have to find a way of how do we formalize the submission of music in such a way that you've got those radio pluggers. Because it is true, in America, you, play, you pay for your music to be on air, but you don't pay necessarily the radio station. You are paying the people who actually work and create those relationships for the music to be listened and to be judged and to be uh, and to be on air, mm. and 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 they must not just be fired. By the way, people who actually take money, I think they should be they should be jailed. Uh, 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 mm, uh, definitely, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Now, with regard to the awards, uh, uh, you said I mean the Metro FM, for instance. Here is my take. There is two processes. There is submissions that we do as record companies to to Metro, and then we get to be told that our album or our artist has been nominated. For me, <clears throat> alone, that is a win. Because after that, it's about who's got more money to keep voting and voting and voting. So those five that are nominated that are now have been listed as the best from the pool that was listened to, you've already won at Metro FM Awards. It's up to you. You must decide how much more you want to win, being how much money you want to spend on voting and voting. So we cannot blame anyone who has won from the five because they've already been judged as the best of the five. Mm. If, if, if Mabalanoi spent a million rands or a whatever for the artist to win, it's all good. It means I spent uh, uh, one rand less than what they spent. You know, that, that, that's it. The issue is whether those five were good enough from it just to be nominated by the judges, whoever the judges are. Mm. But I think this is what the public is uh, basically decrying, mm. that why should that be? Shouldn't we try to find mechanisms that would uh, ensure that that does not happen? Mm. In that, um, you know, there has to be some unique that, that says way maybe public says vote is so much. You can only vote once, or even Each say it counts for a certain only, percentage yes, of the album or of that. The rest way. is the judges' expert. Yeah, but that is the discussion that Metro FM must must be engaged on to limit the amount of money influence on who wins. So that if it's only 30% counts for your spend. Excuse me, I've got flu. So if, if only 30% count for your spend, the rest must then be expert opinion like, like you have at, at, at the summers. What, what I also don't agree with, the, when you, with your, not, not with you, but with what you said about certain videos being disqualified. while Because they were not played during a particular period. And secondly... Oh, no, no, they were submitted outside of a particular period. And secondly, they were not played on air. No one, you, you cannot, we cannot have a situation whereby an, a video is disqualified because SAPC did not play it during a particular time. Because first of all, there is no guarantee that they're going to play it at all. And as, as Jonathan was saying, people are finding other platforms to even mm. put in their music. So, And who's monitoring that? Yeah, you've got the videos on, on YouTube. You've got them all over. Now, you don't force SAPC to play your, your video so that it qualifies for, for the submission. It doesn't work like that. That rule must be looked at. It, it should not be like that. Okay, let's bring in some callers. Uh, 0891-104-208. Tony Cox, good morning to you. Good morning, Satina. How are you? Well, and you? Uh, excellent. And good morning to all the listeners and uh, Dr. Satori. Hi, 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 Tony. Hi. Um, I just wanted to say, you know, I've been in the in the music business uh, seemingly my my entire life. Um, I I think I I feel that I've proved that I that I um, make an an excellent product. I've got three simers sitting on my my windowsill at home. The one is mm. a receptacle for my old guitar mm. strings, mm. 
Um, for each of those albums that I've won a Sama, none of my, very, very few of my fellow South Africans know what that album is because they've never, ever, um, although I got given the Sama, the albums themselves have never, ever been uh, performed yes. or broadcast in any substantial way. Yep. So my fellow South Africans have never been given a chance to listen to the album that won the Sama. And, uh, you know, now I've, now I've just released um, a completely a, a sea change album where I'm using my voice and it's not instrumental anymore. And this album has really turned a lot of ears to the point where I was very, very fortunate to get um, a radio play, playlisting on Algoa FM. But this is because I know the manager of, I'll go FM, and he knows how hard I've worked. And mm, he mm. listened to this, and he decided to playlist. And I thought, well, if I'll go FM could like that track so much that they're playlisting, maybe some of the others will playlist it too. So mm, I packaged mm. it all up, and I I did my best to approach other music compilers for other uh, commercial radio stations. And I've just been met with absolute coldness, uh, just brick wall. I mean, absolute brick wall. Now, you think, if Algoa FM decides that a, a tune is loved, and I've got reams and reams and reams of posts from people saying how much they love this track, you'd think that it would be seriously looked at by the other stations, but it's like sucking blood out of a stone. It is very, very difficult. And managing myself and representing myself is an immediate <clears throat> negative. And I have no spend whatsoever. All I've got is an excellent product, an excellent musical product. I have no spend. I have no management. Mm. And I cannot shift it further than what I've shifted it already. Okay. Wow. Tony, thanks for sharing that with us. And congratulations, by the way, on uh, those awards. And uh, we'll get a response to that shortly. Sidwin Bridge. good morning. Uh, good morning, Mr. Sakina. I'm glad that you've taken my call. You're most welcome. Yes. Uh, I want to suggest this. The manner in which we are selling records or albums or CDs in South Africa. Mr. Sakina, I must tell you, we are no longer having shops where we can buy music. It is the reason why piracy is escalated. And this time around, I begin to understand people, they don't have a choice. Where can they buy music? In the area where I am, they have to travel maybe 500 kilometers to find a music shop. So I want to suggest this to musicians, all who are in this industry. If we can buy food from ShopRite, Pick and Pay, and so on, somewhere at the corner of Pick and Pay and ShopRite, there must be a music corn, so that music can be accessible. There's one artist in my area where I live. I live in a place called Greenvale. I saw people queuing to a particular guy who's having a computer, uh, reprinting a music of a particular artist. I cannot visit. There was a queue. When I asked them, they said the reason is don't know where to buy this music. There are no shops around. Because in the area where I am, it is between Palabra and Nelspreit. You can only find music in Palabra, and you can only find music in Nelspreit. It is a distance, and a person, a person cannot live here and spend 300 kilometers to go and buy just a CD. But if CDs are accessible, the same as we buy bread, you'll see record sales will improve because people are not necessarily proud of buying this uh, copy, uh, these pirated copies. As it, uh, believe me, most of the people here, they see the original copies from me, I'm proud of that. They've seen that for the first time from my copy, because I had the original copy of that. They said, oh, the copy looks like this, because they know the song, they have the songs, but they've never seen the cover. They don't have the covers. So I suggest, I collaborate with Pig and Pay, collaborate with uh, Checkers, ShopRite. There must be a music corner there. See this, you'll see, okay. see this will improve. Got you there, Sid, uh, Sidwe. It's interesting given what uh, Dr. Sitole was saying earlier about uh, the dwindling um, sales of physical mm. albums as opposed to the live component of performances. Uh, let's hear from Hojane uh, in Kronstadt. Good morning. How are you, man? Well, and you? Well, today we are light. You don't talk politics. We talk dance now. That's congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, man. Um, there are four things that I, I never did in life, but I'm not going to talk about them. Uh, I'll talk about one of them. Is that when I was growing up, I loved Michael Jackson. And I needed to buy his, his T-shirt, but I never had money to buy the T-shirt. So that forced me not to buy any T-shirt that bears any picture of any human being ever since I was born. 
Now, secondly, I never bought a music that is outside Africa. All my CDs are Africans and South Africans. So, what I wanted to also also find to find out from from your from your your guest there. These days, you know, I'm over 40 years, and but now I love South African music as if I'm at the early 20s. I hope my wife is not listening. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know what they are doing that is now catching up with us. That are they doing research to see what we love as Africans and South Africans? Uh, that which they are getting it right because no matter how old you are, you, you dance like you are you are younger. Now, my last point, I want your your guests to to to, to comment f uh, about the music from Lesotho because recently I've listened uh, music from Lesotho and they speak, they 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 sing nice natural Lesotho and, and and they are getting it right. It's just that they lack maybe. Uh, exposure, but 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 Gara in the CDFM is trying his best to promote their music. But I want him to comment on that one. Thank you. Thank you so much for the call. Um, uh, let me start with you, Jonathan, in responding to those callers. All right. Um, I, I just like one thing that came to mind listening to to the story about about uh, not being able to buy music anymore. I think what's happening is is that we we're facing what's what's called a digital divide, and what that means is is that you know, right now we're at a stage where there's a vacuum being formed in the recording business. So your physical sales are starting to dry up. Um, the actual profits from those are starting to to drive various companies to to either exit the market or find other ways of selling. Mm -hmm. You know, I've always said that, you know, given that a lot of your major international music is starting to land up online, do we have a need for offices of major record companies in this country? You might find in a few years' time that there's just one room with one desk and one person who's operating South Africa as an international. And then on the other side of the fence is that, unfortunately, we don't have the digital infrastructure to support the migration to digital platforms. People are more worried about communication as opposed to buying a song through the Internet or having the means to be able to pay for, for songs through the Internet. These, these mechanisms are, are something that just at the moment is lacking quite a lot. So we're at the space where CDs is being phased out, but digital hasn't quite taken over. And we don't have the infrastructure over, like overseas mm -hmm. where, where Internet is available quite cheaply and so on. So suddenly we, we have this um, vacuum where a lot of people are, are, are starting to look at piracy as an, as an option. So I think South Africa has a good five years maybe to go before we actually see any sort of stabilization in the market. Uh, and, you know, this whole thing about them pirating on the side and not being able to get to know the artists. I've seen so many artists or new artists only care about the music, and then they don't care about the details that go in and, and follow that music. So a lot of the times there might be a new artist that, that somebody stumbles across, but they can't tell you what their proper name is or the name of the album, and these details get lost. And, and unfortunately, you know, as, as Tony Cox was saying, you know, he's, he's won Somers, yet, yet he's still battling. And it's, unfortunately, this is not an uncommon story. One thing that I take almost comfort in, and I think everybody in the, in the, you know, that works in the music industry, in the recording industry, in the live industry, has in common is that, that, that their story is almost similar, that they always battled. Everyone battles. And it's, it's only those lucky few that perhaps break through and, and, and penetrate the market. I think media in the country still has a long way to go, you know, with the 90% story and what's happened with that. And, and it's almost fueled the fire of, of broadcasters to say that, that local music is, is, is a difficult thing to have in the broadcast environment. You know, we, we've got a long way to go to, to, to be able to motivate our market to be able to create more accessibility. But, you know, what, from what I've seen is that if people believe in their music – and they don't try so hard, suddenly they, they find themselves finding avenues which they didn't have. And, and I think those connections, you know, 
making friends with the station manager. You know, don't don't go all out to be on every station. Nurture the relationships. You know, the, these are these are things which are are difficult, mm. and it takes a massive budget. I mean, it's estimated that you need about a half a million rand to be able to record and then release an album to any effective degree. And unfortunately, with record companies investing less and less into new artists and so on, um, it's it's becoming very difficult. Although that said, I mean, I was interested to see that a lot of the award ceremonies that are happening, a lot of the nominations are for new artists. So I think, given that sense, people see these opportunities. They, they say the awards... Um, are opportunities for now new artists, and it's how those artists then leverage that publicity that becomes important. If you sit back and say, "Great, you know, I've been nominated, great, I've won the award," you know, if you don't really put everything into that time, you know, the opportunity for any other additional exposure gets lost. Okay. Um, um, let me throw in what uh, Thorny is saying about piracy here. He says, "But um, Afrikaans music is not being pirated." So what's the secret there? I guess it's, it's firstly, it's this disposable income. Uh, you know that Afrikaans music in general is the best performing uh, genre in South Africa, both from music sales as, as well as from live performances. <clears throat> I think on average, a, great, a good Afrikaans artist does about 200 shows a year. You know, oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> now, it, any other genre in South Africa, you've got 40 shows a year, you're doing very well. <clears throat> And uh, that's why, I mean, I'm happy that Tony Cox um, he, he called because they've managed, people like Tony Cox have managed to survive as indi- in- independent uh, 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 musicians and well-respected, uh, 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 by the way. And I've been lucky that I've been in most of the summers where I've seen him uh, picking up awards and, um, and, 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 and he's doing great. The, the dilemma we have is that the compilers in South Africa are so young that if someone said, I am Tony Cox, they're going to say, Who? You know, and, and, and that is what I, 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 that frustrates me a lot because we would not be able to listen to the music and get to hear what South Africa has to offer if we've got a, 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 an age gap between what South Africa produces and those people who actually are the ones who are the conduit to putting music out on air. And uh, without buying SFM uh, face, I listen to SFM anyway. That's the only station I listen to. Their selection of music is brilliant when they when they get to play a song. And I don't know who their compiler, uh, their compiler is, but you can see that it's well-researched. It's, it's really great. Now, we're never going to get to hear what South Africa has to offer so long as compilers have been so juniorized in this country. There's no balance between young and, and old in, at, at a station. So people are only playing what is, is, is popular at that point in time, not the quality of, of, of what is being produced. And... Um, Sydney, I, I fully agree with him. I used to say that we must buy, must sell music like we sell newspapers. Just go there and put out a stand. Because first of all, remember that it's very, it's cumbersome for anyone to go to, to make a trip, to go to a, a, a music shop to buy music. Probably people will do that once a month or so, or, or maybe two months, if you know. But if if it's right in your face, you buy it like you buy a newspaper. You just roll your window if you are driving and say, "Can I have this CD?" And then you. you if it's not pirated, of course. But maybe also we can formalize it because in, in, in Nigeria it works differently. Music producers, they, they produce music and then they go and sell it to the person at the street corner. And that person buys 4,000 of your music. Then they sell it to the person passing by the street. So it's not formalized like we have in South Africa. So you can, you can sell 4,000 uh, to, to, to a street uh, a, a retailer, and then they can duplicate as, more, as much as they want after that. That's just how it works. Uh, I don't know whether it still works like that, but that's how it worked in Nigeria. Now, you'll do that. In, I mean, Lesotho, of course, we've, how do we know about Sangomoto? They come from Lesotho. How do we know about Budaza? He comes from Lesotho. Tsepozula from Lesotho. I think music, in, whether you talk about traditional uh, Sotho music, that's a different story. Then we must talk to Lesedi FM to say, well, how much are you doing about traditional Sutu music on your station? Mm. But the artists from Lesotho are very are prevalent in South Africa, and we have so much res- respect for them. 
Well, we <coughs> want to play you a bit of um, uh, Richard, uh, uh, I mean, Tony, Tony Cox. Cox. Uh, just, you know, as the guys were saying, uh, Dr. Sitole <laughs> and Jonathan, you know, you got to put in the work. And he's put himself on the platform this morning. And he's done so well, uh, Tony Cox. Exactly. So here's uh, Tony Cox. Yeah. So if you didn't know, now you know that was Tony Cox. I think I've seen him with Prof. Mohammed as well. <laughs> it's too nice. Well, unfortunately, we have only time for that this morning. It's but nice thank ending. you so much. Um, nice you know, uh, Dr. Sitole, great uh, speaking to you mm. and to you, Jonathan Shaw, this morning. Thank you so much, mm. Sakina. Really appreciate it. But I think we'd, we, we need to speak more, you know, especially about um, making sure that our artists are up to the task uh, because it's an ever-changing landscape mm-hmm. and how do you adapt uh, to remain relevant and uh, to make sure that you can actually eke out a living doing mm-hmm. music. But thank you so much uh, for your knowledge that you shared with us this morning. And of course, uh, Tony Cox there um, uh, for playing us out this morning. And to the production team, to all the listeners, you have a fantastic weekend. Back bright and early, God willingly, on Monday. It's nine o'clock now and Nomsam Dluli up with the news.